The following pre-recorded program is brought to you by Wrestling with the Inner Man. Welcome to Wrestling with the Inner Man, because the first fight we face each and every day is a fight with our flesh. Do we listen to our selfish, sinful nature or to divine nature guided by the Holy Spirit? Your host, David Savage, is a product of the West Texas desert and energy industry who recently received the biggest promotion of his life, reporting directly to the top boss, God. Most people refer to this as retirement today. Co-host, pastor, and evangelist Aaron David Thomas is a bivocational pastor and a marketing manager hewn from the tough streets of Philadelphia. We hope you're ready to rumble because wrestling with the inner man begins now. Good afternoon, WWM listeners. I love that bell. So we hope that you made it through Thanksgiving with your family with a grateful heart, full bellies, and your football team winning. (laughs) But coming off one holiday family gathering and heading into Christmas where all the commercials portray the Norman Rockwell ideal family can put a lot of stress on family relationships (laughs) and expectations of getting together. Let's just all be brutally honest here. Aaron and I are two members of an ever-growing demographic, people who have been through a divorce with children. The holidays can be a painful and stressful time of year for many folks as it creates tension over whose home a child must visit and when. Blended families are those who have been divorced and have remarried, adding another layer of complexity and potential for problems or conflict with more family relationships, sometimes unwanted. There is a lot to wrestle with in making it through the end of the year with families, I have to say. Aaron, are you ready to tread on this tender ground? (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, Welcome, welcome, welcome. I want to give my shout-out to those out there in Radio Land listening to us on AM 1070, The Answer, at 6.30 p.m., or to you that listen to us on your favorite podcast uh, app, I thank you for tuning in. And, Dave, listen, man, I don't know uh, much about that Norman Rockwell family at <laughs> Christmas, but I sure am used to the good times, family, holiday, and dysfunction that surrounds uh, uh, re- surrounds that. But, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely uh, ready to get into it. But, Dave, did you have a good Thanksgiving, man? Oh, it was fantastic. Absolutely, absolutely. For, uh, family, and you get to see uh, – the dysfunction in your family, the hardship, the heartache, the memories, and oh, there's a lot of good times, but for a lot of people, uh, it's a hard time. And uh, we're going, we're going, we're going to talk about that, right? We're going to yep. get into that. Yep. In fact, uh, I thought about playing the full lyrics of the song by Robert Earl Keen, Robert Earl Keen, "Merry Christmas to the Family," which is uh, <laughs> kind of my, my my theme song for holiday. <laughs> okay. Merry Christmas. So just go check it out for yourselves. So. Right. You know, first we must always begin <clears throat> with a Christmas holiday with a burst of Christ at the center of Christmas, not the shopping frenzy that retailers need to make their sales year with. Uh, most of us are already stressed out before we ever even get together with family on December 25th because we start the day after Thanksgiving, known as Black Friday, thinking, you know, this is the busiest holiday season of the year. I have shopping to do. I'm entertaining. I have to cook and bake. The presents need to be wrapped, and the cards have to be sent. I must attend all these church services and visit with relatives and friends. I have all these commitments. Blah, 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 And those are the the good people, you know, that are going to (laughs) churches. So when you throw in the divorce card, 
you have to add, how are we going to arrange things so that the kids spend some time with both parents in different homes and possibly different towns? Or in my case, it was even in different countries. I didn't, you know, I don't really, you know, like seeing my ex-spouse or their family. My own family makes me feel like a failure because of my divorce. You know, those are all real things that we all are wrestling with out there. And I just want to say it so that you guys know you're not alone. Remember, our job here on Wrestling with the Inner Man is to help remind everyone that we must take every thought captive and have the mind of Christ. So, Aaron, how do we do it at Christmas? How do we do it? Yeah, and you mentioned a lot of dynamics. And what about the family that doesn't want to get together or that has terrible Christmas uh, memories or holiday memories and they're fighting? You know, well, Dave, I believe we said it in, uh, on our last show that we touched on it. We get through our holidays remembering first the reason for the season is Jesus Christ, and we become thankful for the gift of him. From Thanksgiving to Christmas, it's about where our perspective and, 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 our, and our mindset is. And like we said at the beginning of our last show, you know, what are you focused on? The, thing, the hurt, the negative, the bad, the dysfunction? Or are you being thankful for the life that you do have? Because your life could be uh, worse, but when you, but that we get caught up in this because we, in this hustle and bustle and, 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 and this worldly perspective, because we lose perspective that we're, we're celebrating a savior. There's a gift that all of us get to have free. He died on the cross that we could freely receive him. And when we keep that in perspective, right, it, it helps us get through the fam, family stress when we don't again, when we bring our thoughts captive to the obedience of God through the word of God and get away from looking at things the way the world sees them, right? Our dysfunction, you know, I'm, I'm from a divorced life. You're from a and and we're a blended family, right? I don't have stepchildren. I just call them, they're all my children, you know, uh, but we must remember why we celebrate. We celebrate Christmas because an angel said a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah and the Lord. What? We got a Savior saving us from uh, death, eternal separation from God, saving us daily. Salvation is the thing that works out through, uh, through our life, a Messiah, one that made us right with God, right? And, and Lord, one that's going to take care of us, provide for us, protect us. When we think about that for the holidays, we're doing pretty good. We got a gift that came 2,000 years ago on a cross. And we get to every Christmas, every holiday season, remember that part of the gift, and that should give us joy. That should give us a reason to be thankful. But it's hard, you know. Uh, Jesus is worth celebrating, um, but it's hard because everything around us wants to uh, steal our joy, mm -hmm. wants to remind us of the negative uh, take our focus to the dark place rather than the good place. That's why we should always start with um, the Bible, with Christ, right? He is worth celebrating. And because of him, <laughs> we can endure our family, right? The hardship <laughs> yes. and, the, and the headaches that come with holiday because all that he endured on the cross, right? When we think about, you know, going and sitting in front of that parent that we might struggle with or them unappreciative, ungrateful children, <laughs> right? We have to think of what he endured on the cross. And that makes it a little, a whole lot more bearable, you know? Mm -hmm. 
And, and, and we have to stay away from going down the consumer rabbit trail. Bye, bye, bye. If you don't get the right gift, if you don't give the right gift, there's a gift that was given. And here's the thing, folks. <laughs> Watch this. If you don't have a gift to give, give Jesus. <laughs> there you go. Because that is the greatest gift you can give anyone. Well, worry and anxiety are always stealing joy you know, throughout the year. Yes. But it's very disheartening to hear your spouse wish it was January 2nd already, the day after Thanksgiving. Wow. <laughs> it is surprising, you know, how many people are made miserable by vague imaginings of sinister things that might occur. And this is, you know, where you're kind of uh, future tripping, you know, and you're just anticipating it to go bad because of maybe what happened in the past. Norman Vincent Peale, one of the most positive guys ever to live and wrote a great deal and helped many people, wrote a little booklet, How to Break the Worry Habit, and offers this advice. Know that worry is a habit. You have practiced worrying for so long it has become a mindset. Worries fall into three categories according to a study of case histories by a group of physicians who established worry as the greatest cause of illness. And that's interesting. The greatest cause of illness is worry. 40% of worries are about the past, can't change it. 50% of worries are about the future, may not ever happen. And 10% of worries are about present matters. So to be rid of past mistakes, practice the art of forgetting. Never look back. Rip off the, the rearview mirror, you know, throw it away. What was that? Uh, Talladega Nights or whatever. You know, that was, <laughs> Baby Jesus. Yeah. Every, every morning and every evening, repeat one of the greatest aids to mental health, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before I press forward. So that's just a paraphrased version of Philippians 3, 13 and 14. So, you know, repeat that three times slowly and that'll help you, you know, forget Aaron, we know that there's another word that begins with an F that precedes forget in the old adage. How about some biblical wisdom on forgiving to enable forgetting? Amen. Uh, and that forgiveness, right? Now, I, I have to say something. When Paul's talking about forget, he knows that it's impossible for us to forget. However, Dave, I, I, I want to jump down in, in, in the thought. Like I like to think of it this way. When we forgive someone so much, so often, seven times 70, what the Bible says, in one day, uh, that, that, that by Christmas time, right? If we did this every day, we should be in a place that allows us to forgive and move on. Forget it as a, an offense, just as just something that, that happened, like yesterday's news, right? Not... It will relieve our stress and our anxiety. The Bible tells us to worry about nothing. Uh, don't stress over anything, but through prayer and supplication, wait a minute, with thanksgiving, make our petitions known to the Lord and that he will grant us a peace that surpasses all understanding. You're right. You're, you're right. We have to uh, forgive and, and, and move on. There are numerous verses commanding us to forgive. A Christian who is not willing to forgive, a person who is not willing to give others will find, first of all, their fellowship with God hindered, right? And, and, and they reap bitterness and the loss or the reward of that relationship. You know, you think about that. If I'm not willing to forgive, right, should I want forgiveness, right? The golden rule kicks into my head right there when I said that. It's like do unto others as you would have, have them do. We all have offended. We had 
We have all been an offense to someone, right? And so it should be easier. It should be from that vein. I don't necessarily mean easier, but from that vein, thinking that we have offended, it should be the thing that we go. Forgiveness should be the decision that we make. We should want to be forgiving to let us to free ourselves. Right. We can understand how it's an obstacle. Yeah, absolutely. It's impossible to truly forget sins that have been committed against us or past hurts, but we can delete events from our uh, we can't we can't delete events from our uh, memory, but we can forgive so much and remember the offenses that we've done and remember the offense that Christ suffered for us on the cross for the which represents this holiday, right? Remember captive biblical perspective, right? He forgave me. And I'm still sinning. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Tell the truth, man. Yeah. Right? And he, his forgiveness is ongoing, right? It, it, it's past, present, and future. That's why, like you said, I press on, right? right for that higher goal, the higher goal. The Bible states that uh, God doesn't remember our wickedness. Now we know that God is uh, he all knowing. He he can't forget anything. But he doesn't remember it, meaning he blots it out. He doesn't allow it to come into his uh, relationship with us. He said, I've forgiven it. I've blotted it out. Let's move forward. Let's press on mm-hmm. uh, for, for a better relationship. He doesn't treat us, as the Bible says, as our sins deserve. Um, the Bible, as I said, constantly is reminding us. And it's funny because you just read those statistics of what worry is and how it's the number one catalyst to all these other medical conditions. My wife has told me that forever, right? And, and, and I find myself being overwhelmed with things because I do worry, right? And then I go, wait a minute, Philippians 4, folks, Philippians 4 through 8. When you read that, that will tell you how to deal with worry. You know, it will help you to position things through a biblical perspective and go, what am I worried about? If God said he's my Lord, right? We went through Lord, Messiah, and Savior, that he's saving me, Right. From heartache, hardship and things that he's going to provide for me and protect. Man, I have a reason to celebrate the holiday. Go ahead, man. Well, you know, when I was uh, back in college and I was in a fraternity and the the pledges had to come interview me, you know, and you have to give them like a quote, you know, to. So and and my, my quote that I gave every pledge, you know, in their little interview books was worry is interest paid on a debt that may never come due. Wow, that's and tight. and uh, you know, so life can get better when we drop forty percent of our worrying. <laughs> you know, besides, we can never change the past. That's really the key thing about looking back on stuff. You you just can you never get the opportunity to rearrange it or change it. So so next, <clears throat> we are to affirm our faith in the future. Remind yourself that despite all the troubles and difficulties that are with us, someone else is also with us, namely God. He's always with us. Emmanuel, that's the word for the season, God with us. He is not likely to turn away from anyone who trusts him. Practice God's presence saying, God is with me now. God is my constant companion. God will never leave me. Just say those things out loud. God is with me now. God is my constant companion. God will never leave me. By practicing the presence of God, you will have a shield against anxiety. Would you worry if he were physically here with you now, if you could just see him you know, sitting here in this room with us now? There's no doubt about it. He said he would be, and so he is. 
Next, practice the art, and I love this word, imperturbability. There he goes, folks. You knew it was coming. <laughs> Whatever the stress, <laughs> affirm, God is keeping me calm and peaceful. Worry rolls off the imperturbable mind like water off a duck's back. And that's, that's easier to say than to do. But, and then finally, empty your mind by saying, I am now ridding my mind of all anxiety, fear, and insecurity. Think as, of yourself as reaching into your mind and one by one, just plucking out and removing those worries like you do those uh, long eyebrow hairs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My wife won't let me have. She gets those. So a child has an imaginative skill beyond that of adults. A hurt can be kissed away. It works because he believes that it is the end of it. And so it proves to be. Jesus says for you to become as a little child. After you've emptied your mind, replace your thoughts by saying, God is now filling my mind with peace, with courage, with calm assurance. So, Aaron, how else can we wipe out worry and anxiety? Well, you know, um, you, you said something that really spoke to me in there is, you know, with this uh, this worry and, and, and these things, you know, we can't do it on our own. There are way too many factors um, in our head that mess with us. We focus on ungodliness. We, we, the Bible teaches us not to be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Like it, it's really a process that we, we have to meditate on what is good, what is just, true, praiseworthy of good report, right? We have to meditate on the word of God. We have to pray. Uh, God gives us weapons of warfare. See, we're, we're, in, a, we're in a war. Like, you know, we're talking about the holiday season and how we feel about it and the stress that comes from it. We have to understand something. That's part of spiritual warfare. The Bible says that the mind wars against the spirit of God. And you talked about if Jesus was physically in the room. Well, the Holy Spirit, God, literally lives in our hearts. Our, our hearts were sealed for a day uh, of redemption, but he's come up and take residence, you know, and if we were mindful of that, it would help us uh, to empty ourselves of the worry, the heartache, the headache that comes with the holidays, because again, our perspective would change. Again, we would be bringing our thoughts captive uh, uh, to the obedience of Jesus Christ. We wouldn't allow our imaginations or arguments to exalt themselves above what we know about God, right? And And, and that's what changes the perspective is God and God alone. You know, the whole thing about every show that we talk about, and I hope you catch this and that you hold on to it, that you pick up what we're putting down, <laughs> is that supernatural power, that to overcome all of our obstacles, to be thankful, to reject passivity, uh, you know, to get through um, charm school and, and, and all these things that we talked about, there is a biblical perspective to this that cannot be denied. And, and I put it to any of our listeners to take the word of God and put it to the test. And if God fails, we will quit talking on the radio. And I know some of you might really want that to happen. <laughs> so, so put God to the test. I, I say try God and see because the fact of the matter is he, he won't let you down. You know um, – how you see situations and the lens in which we look through it at um, has a great deal with how we feel, mm -hmm. right? The, the Bible says, so is a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, right? That's in Proverbs, right? How we see things and how we choose to look at them when we're looking at the holidays is 
there's an opportunity to overcome because we have the opportunity to change our perspective through the Word of God. God wants us to fill our minds with thoughts of Him and His goodness, especially around this season. This is the time where Jesus is lifted up. You know, people go, well, I don't believe in Jesus, and, I, uh, you know, I, I don't really uh, celebrate holidays. I tell everybody takes Christmas vacation. <laughs> Check your employee manual. They give you the Christmas day off. Anyway, so it's a reminder, right? And God wants... um this season uh, that we can share hope that is in Christ Jesus and, you know, just help help us to fix our brokenness, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, so let's cover discouragement as our last wrestling opponent. You know, we've talked about worry and how to deal with that anxiety, but discouragement is also the other thing, you know, at the end of the year, we, we just, you know, have converted to daylight savings time and it's just darker early. It's just easier to be uh, become discouraged. So when discouragement hangs over a person like a heavy cloud, his or her light is dulled. But that cloud can be lifted through the practice of positive faith. Again, referring to a story by Norman Vincent Peale, he tells of meeting a man, you know, from his church who always appeared gloomy and unhappy. You know, you just look at their faces. You can see these people with uh well, my daughter has a term for it. It's called resting bee face. I don't know if you're familiar yeah. with that one. But, you know, it's just like, you know, they're, they're unapproachable. You know, you look at their affect. It's what Kim says, you know, in the plastic surgery world. You know, just what your face is like in its natural state. And, you know, it's almost unapproachable. In meeting with him, he learned that the man was temperamental, uh, you know, had wildly fluctuating moods. And Dr. Peel urged him to read his Bible regularly and pray. So other church members over the following weeks noticed uh, a change in his face. Each week, you know, it was shining, shining with with joy. He explained to them that he had discovered the power of the 23rd Psalm. Kind of interesting, you know, about the death. You know, the, in particular, the words, he restoreth my soul. So apparently when he started thinking about the words, he said to himself, I need to be restored. There you go. Uh, My soul? What is it? It is me. It is my personality. It is my very being. Every morning before he got out of bed, he would say this out loud three times. Thank you, for you have restored my soul. Thank you, for you have restored my soul. Thank you, for you have restored my soul. And this changed him from a despondent man to a joyful man. Just that practice daily. He was no longer the victim of his moods. So, again, I'm going to plug ERS here because this is the perfect place for it. They restore things, and that's why they're the perfect sponsor for us, and we appreciate what they can do and their gift to us, which allows us to give our gift of gab <laughs> to you, you know, through our radio program. So, uh, Aaron, any final thoughts uh, on not just surviving the holidays, but celebrating them joyfully with family and friends. Right. Well, Dave, just like you said, discouragement is the last thing we're going to knock down. And when we feel discouraged, it helps to get alone with the Lord and allow him to examine our hearts and our motives and remind us who we are to him and who we are in him. This helps make our holidays about him and others get to see our joy in him, our light shining for him and our love because of him. And they get to experience that and share in that and hopefully that become infectious you know there is so much we could share on this subject if we had more time uh so remember this uh in this holiday season fix your mind on god uh and our lord and savior jesus 
and it'll make your holidays all the more worth it. All right. So listen, y'all, I want to thank you for tuning in to the WWM. Come back and see us. Dave, go ahead. Close well, I was going to try to whistle, but my lips are kind of chapped on that. <laughs> don't don't worry, be happy song, you know. <laughs> Amen, y'all. Here. Thank you for tuning in to Wrestling with the Inner Man. Contact us at wrestlingwiththeinnerman at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. That's wrestlingwiththeinnerman at gmail.com. AM 1070, The Answer, Wrestling with the Inner Man. Thanks for listening to Wrestling with the Inner Man with David Savage and Pastor Aaron Thomas. We believe the winners in this ring courageously follow God's word, love and protect God's woman, excel at God's work, batters God's world and his children. For more information, reach out to David and Pastor Aaron at wrestlingwiththeinnerman at gmail.com. That's wrestlingwiththeinnerman at gmail.com. Tune in next time as Wrestling with the Inner Man tackles more tough topics to train up a generation of better men.